0: Welcome everybody to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, I'm joined by Aaron Larsoul. This is the hook. Aaron, I was content two days ago. Okay. Two days ago. I recorded a lowdown, two lowdowns ago, and the title of it was Oh no, Anthony is in a pretty good mood. Okay. Since then, <laughs> since then, uh LeBron James has missed a game with left knee soreness. And then today the Lakers uh injury list has once again extended to sunday grocery list status where uh malik monk left groin soreness he is out questionable lebron with that left knee soreness ad with right wrist soreness uh russell westbrook with right knee soreness and avery bradley with a stomach illness right this is my fault (laughs) like this is this is on yes you are completely to blame for this yeah it's my fault
1: that is basically what uh nba twitter and lakers twitter
0: thinks of you anyway yeah, I so, may as well just lean into it. Absolutely, like my first tweet every day should just be, "I'm sorry." You know what? I think. Um, who's your
1: favorite like movie villain? I think I think you should like embrace this. My movie villain. Yeah, who's your favorite
0: movie villain? I mean, like the, the objective answer: Joker. is is. Oh is yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean that that works. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Right. <laughs> shout out to uh, shout out Alfred. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Bucket I think K. you just want to watch the NBA world burn. So. <laughs> I, I, that works for me yeah um yeah that's where Darth we stand. Vader is the right answer
0: by the way but so are we considering him a villain yes
1: he's the most iconic villain in the history of but he,
0: was a, he was a puppet
1: like he wasn't he gets I... redeemed and then the sequel trilogy just does away with that whole redemption arc but yeah. um by the way, shout out Petty, uh, Petty in, in uh, Laker, Petty Laker fan mm-hmm. for going on Twitter yesterday and saying that the old heads like me hate on the the prequel trilogy. The prequel trilogy sucks.
0: Yeah, it's garbage. The what prequel is trilogy about?
1: is terrible. It only looks decent in relation to the sequel trilogy, <laughs> which is three <laughs> yeah. of the worst movies and just wreck the whole thing. Yeah. But Petty, come on, brother. The, yeah. s- the prequel trilogy is terrible.
0: Yeah, that's just ageism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just because I'm old, you know what? At me next time. I'm old. Um, all right. So I do have a, a a serious bit of analysis here regarding the Lakers injuries, and you guys are going to be shocked to find this out. And, and uh, Aaron, you're about to comment on on the the delicious nature of, of Hennessy here. By the way, cheers. You have Hennessy in your hand. I'm, I'm I went with the. I, uh, do. I texted you at noon saying, "Dude, I can't figure out what I'm going to drink." Uh, so I just went with the old fashioned. And interestingly
1: enough, it is now behind the curtain. It is now noon 46, your time 10 47. Now it just turned my time and we are just getting started here. <laughs>
0: well, we had a bit of a show before the show
1: we did. We did, which, um, is, all, which is like Cardinal <laughs> sin of podcasting.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, those shows are always way better than the actual show. Maybe we'll, if, if Vox ever lets us do like premium content, we'll just let people oh, listen to us behind the show. All right. Um, but so we. Then I'm definitely getting fired if
1: that happens. By the way, <laughs> you're gonna have some. You're gonna have a lot more work editing, brother. It, it, that will not be a live show. Be,
0: it'll be like a Uber Platinum. Like you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you have to pay Aaron's salary for when he inevitably uh, gets gets fired. Inevitably. Mm-hmm. Um. But so here's my here's my the first thing that came to mind when I saw this injury report here with the Lakers and just with the Lakers injuries in general this year is that like this is kind of the tax that is levied upon teams that have bad off seasons. Is that like, even the guys who are playable, like normally a team rolls like 12 deep, you have a 10 man rotation, but like 12 guys can play 13. Mm -hmm. In some cases, not normally much beyond that. The 14th and 15th roster are normally guys that like, break glass in case of emergency type players. Right. Um, or culture type players, right? Udonis Haslam uh, in, in Miami. For a little while there was like Rondo slash Jared the, Dudley. The, the
1: idea of Rondo, yeah.
0: Yeah. Last um, couple years, Jared Dudley. Mm-hmm. So, so if you have 13-ish guys that can play, that means like some nights, you know, Monk might not have it and you can slide Baysmore in there and not have the the, the game go to shit. And that just hasn't been the case. Like, it's just been, you, you bring in, you bring in, you know, whether it was Trevor Ariza coming off of the injury, Kent Bazemore to start the season, DeAndre Jordan to start the season. Those guys played and legitimately tanked every analytical bit of analysis that I could have done. Um, and that's really what, like, you know, Pete is still holding on to the notion of, like, yeah, but look at the big three in games, and there's only five of them. The big three in games where Bays and DeAndre. And sometimes even Dwight don't play, and it's like, yeah, that's that makes sense. But like they're still on the roster, and and like with the injuries that the Lakers are dealing with right now, it feels like at this stage of the season, and this always kind of happens right before the um, right before the All Star break, guys who have been leaned on maybe a little too heavily because of circumstances, they start to show those those dings, those bruises, those pulls, those tweaks. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now with this game. This is the, the Lakers' second game uh, of a back-to-back. Uh, this is a stretch where they're playing three games in four nights. Like, this is what fatigue looks like.
1: Yeah, I mean, against against good competition also. Um, Hennessy is delicious, first of all. <laughs> um, but this is also two things. This is also kind of um, baked into the cake. Um when you have a bunch of minimum guys, right? When you have as much top end talent or top Mm -hmm. end contracts as the Lakers have, um, you're going to have a bunch of minimum guys and those guys are minimum guys for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I I said on the show, I think last week that there's a the, the Lakers have a reasonable hit rate on, on, um, minimum guys. They're they're minimum guys for a reason. The other part of it is um and frankly this is why jared dudley is not around is because the lakers going into the year wanted more guys that were playable Mm -hmm. because very specifically and then they signed deandre jordan (laughs) hennessy i I, there are there are many different varieties of hennessy and all of them are delicious in fact um (laughs) but but that the like the end of the end of the roster um and hopefully having reasonable options and playable guys at the end of the roster um was a consideration more now than it has been in the past because uh we're still in a pandemic mm-hmm. um and the can uh the the seasons have been now we're back to a regular regular schedule with the with the regular calendar the NBA calendar but it has been a lot of basketball the last three seasons, you know, whatever, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen yeah, months, would, which is now three. Se- you know, we're into like season three in the last eighteen months. So,
0: all I of would that, argue we aren't in a regular like we. The calendar, calendar is year, regular. Yeah, the ca- like it. But it still took cutting, uh, lopping off a month of the off season right. to be and able to do point. that. So, that's like the next point. season is going to be the first like regular NBA season that we've had Correct. in
1: three seasons. So that, but that that's exactly the point. So because of the pandemic and COVID um, you know, people missing time with COVID, which was foreseen. And because you know, there's, there's been an uptick in injuries um, this year and last year because of the amount of basketball or, and I guess more, more precisely the lack of downtime rest time off season that certainly the Lakers have had, you are seeing the 13th, 14th, 15th, and then even two way roster spots And then who you can get with your 10 days and and COVID hardship and all of that has mattered more than it usually does because teams, not just the Lakers, but especially the Lakers are having to call on those end of the, uh, end of the rotation,
0: shall we call it? End of the roster guys more than you typically would. Yeah. That's, you know, like some of this is bad luck too. Like I, you know, there were some design flaws that you and I, you know, go back and forth on, um, and, And then there are some that are just bad luck, like Kendrick Nunn being out this long with a knee bruise, with, with a bone bruise in his knee, which by the way, like back when it happened, I remember asking Jen, how long normally for a knee bruise? And she said, well, you know, normally four to six weeks, but it really depends on the area of the knee that is bruised. And if it is an area of the knee that doesn't receive much blood flow, sometimes what they have to go in and do is go in and cut some, some bits out so that you can get some blood flow to that area and allow yeah. that knee bros, knee breeze, bruise to heal. And, you know, maybe that's where we wind up here with, with none. When she said that, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> just because of the luck that the Lakers have had this season was like, Oh man. Yeah. The All bone
1: right. bruises are one of the, the trickiest, uh, um, yeah. and most misunderstood by, by fans. One of the most misunderstood injuries. Um, because it doesn't sound that bad and it varies widely, um, how yeah. it reacts, if it requires like what kind of treatment it requires. Um, some of it, it it's, can be still called a bone bruise and there can be like a little b- fracture in there mm-hmm. and it's still called a bone bruise. Um, so
0: yeah, it hasn't been, it has not yeah. been great for, for, <laughs> for Kendrick thus far. But so like, you know, when you're talking about, but that is, on... it's a
1: roster that is one roster spot that just, The Lakers objectively have gotten nothing from so far. Yeah.
0: And, and, and like it's, it's not just a roster spot. It's one of the few non minimum roster spots that the Lakers have gotten nothing from. And so it forces you to lean more heavily on Malik Monk. Austin Reeves, like, has been a great season and a great story for him. But I would, I, like, I thought last night he looked pretty tired. And, and that's what it looks like when somebody, is getting leaned on a little more heavily than they than they were ready for. And uh, you know, we might see this again with Stanley Johnson as the year progresses. And somebody who is a two a started the year as a G League player, then became a 10 day player, and then now is an NBA contract player, but that's still not what he started the year out as. Avery Bradley was on a non guaranteed deal and and now their Frank Vogel considers him immovable from the starting lineup. And, uh, you know, you're looking at all of these guys who are playing roles bigger than maybe than would normally be expected of them. And so when you, when, when you're sitting there as a fan and you're saying, gosh, how, how do we keep on dealing? How does this keep on happening? Where do these injuries keep on coming from? This is one possible explanation is that if you have enough guys all at the same time, uh, playing roles that are bigger than uh would normally be expected of them and then also there is no like safety net underneath them because you can't play Kent Bazemore and you can't play DeAndre Jordan and you, and right now it doesn't look like you can play Trevor Ariza that means they're going to continue to get leaned on and eventually you're going to see a, a hammy pull you're going to see a groin strain you're going to see you know just an a, 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 you you see from guards like Avery Bradley who have to go up and over screens a bunch, he's going to run into a knee and he's going to get an, a, a, a bruise on his thigh. Like those things are just going to start piling up in a way that, you know, really kind of punishes you for missing on, on some of the decisions that you made uh, back in the, back in the summer. But there is time, I guess, to, to to maybe bring in a couple guys who can alleviate some of that pressure.
1: So I think all of that is probably right and fair. Um, And I think specifically, I think there's two different things. I think you can see it um, on the court with performance. And then you can also see it with actual nicks and injuries and and what have you. I am less concerned about Stanley Johnson. People keep on Twitter. I I kind of sent out what I thought the ideal starting lineup would be a few Mm -hmm. days back when um, when AD was going to return. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine was Russ Monk. Stanley, Johnson, LeBron, and A.D. And I said I would listen to, I would listen to Mello for, um, for Stanley for spacing purposes, if you want. Um, I don't think the Lakers need to play that big very often. And as a, like a caveat to it, I said, I do think, uh, Austin Reeves is probably one of the Lakers best five guys, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he is ready to hold up to starters minutes every night. Mm-hmm. Um, I am and more confident against
0: starters like, I, well, that's,
1: that's part of it too. Yeah. But yeah. I'm more confident about Stanley Johnson than I holding up, um, than I am about Austin yeah. because look at the guy. Yeah. That like that athleticism, Stanley Johnson is a really good athlete. He's not an elite athlete by NBA standards. He's an elite athlete by human He's a standards, freaking wall. but like... he is, he is a, he is an above average or very good athlete, even by NBA standards. And he has been in the NBA now for seven years. So, mm-hmm. There is an adjustment, you know, you play in college, right? Austin just was playing in college. You play 30 games and you play twice a week and that's it, period. Um, And for all the wonderful things that Austin Reeves does, he has not developed an NBA body yet. And he is not, you know, a rugged and an NBA athlete. And you can tell after games, Austin Reeves like looks beat up and feels (laughs) beat up and worn down after NBA games. Mm -hmm. Stanley Johnson doesn't. LeBron is an alien, but it's one of the best, like LeBron can run into guys for 38 minutes, take contact and he looks fresh after a game yeah. and Austin doesn't. Um, so it, it, it is a thing like, and I do, do I think Austin Reeves is a better basketball player than a lot of, you know, some of the other Lakers that are playing more than him and more often than him. Yes. But I'm not sure Austin can hold up to it. Now does that manifest itself in reduced production and worse play does it manifest itself in an injury or both? Who knows? But
0: he's I, already missed time this season. Right? He's already missed, you know, handfuls. Yeah. Of so
1: it, he did. He looked tired. You're, you're mm-hmm. right. He looks. He looked beat up. Right. And there is a there is a physical and emotional and mental tax to you know playing this much high level basketball and against guys that are frankly every night he is generally the worst athlete and the weakest guy in smallest, you know, not by height wise, guy on the floor. And that there is a tax to that. And that is like, he, he feels, I know this, I've talked to him about it. He feels beat up after NBA games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, uh, this is always a thing that uh, I think the, the uh, vast majority of fans don't quite, understand and it's almost impossible to comprehend until you see some of these NBA players up close and personal. Um they are freaking huge. They're superheroes. Yeah. I I remember uh so for a brief time there I ran Dodgers Nation and I went and covered a couple events and 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 a couple like I went to spring training and stuff Mm -hmm. and was uh talking to some of the players there. And I remember like regularly thinking to myself like this is a pro like this is a this is a a professional athlete and the reason it's not because like i don't think those guys are are great at baseball they are mm-hmm. um it's because i'm used to nba players and like having to look up and <laughs> and and try to talk to these people i'm 510 i'm not i'm not tiny you know I'm, I'm i'm about i would say like average height i guess for for a dude and and yet like with basketball players with nba players all of the interviews that i do for the most part unless i'm talking to isaiah thomas are done with my, <laughs> with my <laughs> looking up at somebody's chin i don't know if i've told
1: this story before this would be like a little fake story time but um i when i was in portland i uh became close i'm still very close with joel presbilla and so one summer um i went to go he's seven one mm-hmm. like all of seven one
0: yeah 200 and beefy 71
1: 265 pounds and it, yeah he's not fat let's yeah. just say that and so one summer uh i went to go work at the just sent me out to go work out with him and we're gonna play one-on-one and i you know i was okay back in the day i'm i'm now i'm i'm like six one. i i'm probably right now i'm probably like 205 I, I, are you are you a little
0: competition or how are you doing are you dropping any Uh, I think I've dropped another, like, pound or two. Mm, Yeah. Okay. The the Uh, holidays were not great. In those (laughs) days,
1: I'm, like, 6'1", like, 180, right? I'm taller. Like, I'm a decent-sized guy. Yeah. And I would see him and Greg Oden and LaMarcus and whatever. And now I'm around NBA guys all the time, too. And it wouldn't, like, it doesn't surprise me. But then I hadn't seen him for, like, I don't know, a couple months over the summer. And I go out to visit him. And he comes, picks me up from the airport and I go give him a hug. And I'm like, why is my head in your chest? I don't, I don't care for this at all. I don't don't like this. So we go play and he's like leaning on me. Yeah. And these guys, and i scrimmaged with NBA like in a scrimmage, but playing one on one against a guy that big, they're just superheroes. Yeah. He's leaning on me and turning and just throwing, tossing me aside like I'm a child. And did you see yeah. Steven Adams, right? Like, uh, he who picked up somebody who yeah. was like 230? Right. These guys are superheroes. They yeah. just, and so the ones that get by, and, and Austin Reeves is not a superhero anymore. He's not yet. Not yet. He may be, right? Yeah. He has not yet developed that superheroness, so that takes a toll on your body when you're playing against in a league of superheroes.
0: Yep. Yeah, and and so, like, if you, again, like, the, the reason, the point behind this conversation was just to say, like, if you're looking for potential explanations as to, like, why this season is playing, some of it is luck. A lot of it is luck. A lot of it is just shit luck. A lot that, of, a lot of it is luck. That's a, that's how that kind that of goes sometimes. Yes. And then, and then sometimes that luck compounds itself into circumstances that, you know, lead to more bad luck. All right. Let's, um, we are, let's see, it's, it's January 28th right now. We are just over, just under two weeks away from the NBA trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And, Uh, we have reached a point of it. The news cycle is kind of interesting here right now, because look, not to say I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and slander, uh, reporters out there because I have good relationships with basically all of them. Um, one thing that happens in order to generate traffic and, and, and generate engagement on social is if you hear anything whatsoever about the Lakers trying to do X, Y, or Z, you get that in print, you get that in a tweet and you fire it off because that is, that, just, is,
1: that is generating clicks.
0: Yeah. That is always going to generate. And so if, and I, am not saying that, you know, writers are being forced to do that. I'm not saying that by any means, I don't think I'm, there are some grifters out there, but the good ones, right? This, <laughs> the, the style name names, huh? Are you going to name names? I mean, I don't, I don't have to talk about REA. I think he's already lost enough. Um,
1: <laughs> is he still around anymore?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. USC wrote that column over that, 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 the, uh, puff piece about him. I was like, e- this isn't going to age well anyway. Um, but so the reason I, I, I say all this is to offer you guys context as to why it's so surprising to me right now, being less than two weeks away from the trade deadline. And I have seen now multiple articles, whether it's Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, um, Mark Stein um, on his substack. I have now seen multiple pieces right now. Woj has been very quiet on the Lakers. The the the, the most recent uh, tidbit about what the Lakers are trying to do or what the Lakers are thinking about doing was Chris Haynes in his podcast. It wasn't even in print saying that the Lakers called up the Sacramento Kings and offered them uh, some kind of, uh, some kind of deal centered around, uh, Kendrick, uh, centered four around, buddy healed centered around with, everything
1: the Lakers can offer.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it's the, the, the usual. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, go, it, it's like going to In-N-Out and asking, you know, Hey, do you guys have hot dogs? You know, like the, the, they're, you're only going to get burgers from In-N-Out or or maybe grilled cheeses. If that's, well, you know, your,
1: my favorite, I don't deal. know this is true anymore. And I don't, the burgers in In-N-Out are good. Um, the fries are terrible. This this might be like a niche California well done. slash LA well done. thing.
0: Well done, fries are fine. Like I think they're not, they're, they're not good. They're, not they're good. underrated.
1: But last I checked, I haven't, I haven't done this in a while. But last I checked, you know they have the prices for everything individually, and they have the combo, and it, you know you want a burger, whatever burger and fries and a drink, and I believe last time I checked, if you got the combo, it was one penny more expensive. <laughs> they like make it seem like it's some deal, and it is one penny more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> to order it as a combo than order it individually.
0: You know what, though? I'm never going to complain about the prices at In-N-Out. Ever. Like, you go to Five Guys, and you have to put a down payment on your on your combo meal. Um, Five Guys is better than In-N-Out, though. Yeah, right. You're paying twice as much. It should be better. Fat burgers like, the, Fat Burger's the goat, by the way. I, I still contend In-N-Out. It's great. Out here in Texas, all these Texans like can... Like, Whataburger? Is that what it swear is? Swear to God on Whataburger. And it's just like... I it's appreciate not very good. I went to Whataburger a couple years ago with, with Caruso, and it's not very good. No, you have to it's get... It's mediocre. Like, the only way that Whataburger is good is if you add, like, bacon, jalapenos, and avocado to it. Like, then it's fine. And then you use their green salsa. But at that point, it's not really even a burger, you know? But anyway, the reason I'm saying all this... <laughs> the reason i'm saying all this though is to like <laughs> two somewhat overweight
1: guys talking about food you know what let's do this and this is for the rest of the podcast
0: i'm legit going to in and out right after we're done here i, I can't, can't wait I it's can't, my friday i can't eat that shit i gotta
1: well uh, the protein style i can't the carbs i gotta save all my carbs for Hennessy. it's my Instant it's Cuaro. my
0: it's my uh my cheat day is on friday and okay monday and tuesday every day that ends and in y <laughs> <laughs> some that don't um so I have been really surprised at how little noise recently in the last week we have seen about what the Lakers are trying to do. And, you know, it's like you talked about, Aaron. There's only so many times you can write the same sentence of the Lakers called up so-and-so and offered their exact same trade package that they can offer to all these things. And and I, I do think that the noise is going to pick up a little bit. Uh, the other part of this that I have found really interesting is that a lot of these reports continue to seem to come from sellers who were trying to say, we are expecting a first rounder for our guy or two first rounders for our guy. Don't even call us if you aren't willing to offer that. And you can do that if you are two ish weeks away from the trade deadline. But if your bluff gets called often enough, you're going to wind up having to lower that price. And I kind of wonder if some of these buyers have all kind of come together and say, you know what? we know what we know what you're expecting right now. If you don't get enough offers of that, of that caliber, you're going to drop your asking price and then we'll get back to you. But I have, I, that's the stage of the new cycle. That I think that we're at right now where the sellers still think that they can go out there and Daryl Morey can leak to any number of his, uh, you know, army of bloggers that he, that he leaks to and go and say, Hey, we are expecting this, 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 and this for, for Ben Simmons. And if your bluff gets called often enough, that is going to get lowered. Maybe not for, for Ben Simmons in particular, for the reasons that we talked about last week, but, but for like, and try to told y'all for like Kenrick Williams and for Jeremy Grant and for Eric Gordon and some of these guys that like Grant, I think would be a good, would be a good snag in, any trade deadline, but like Eric Gordon is, is the kind of player who in previous deadlines before the, uh, play in games and stuff like that, before the lottery odds, flattening was like a buyout guy, you know, he was was somebody who you offered a second rounder to avoid getting him to the buyout market. So we talked to, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And well, well, the, the last thing is like, and that's why like right now I kind of just kind of roll my eyes when I see pieces, it's like, you know, the the kings are waiting for this this and this offer and they just haven't gotten it yet. it's like yeah of course they haven't gotten it yet nobody's gonna overpay two weeks before they have to uh we talked about this on
1: um on spaces on your new tuesday show um a couple things one send in humana-
0: itunes reviews for for monday by the way or tuesday by the way yeah yeah I'll
1: um do that yeah i'll pop on again it was fun oh. um we talked about the deadlines, it's human nature, right? Deadlines create activity. And I agree that what you're hearing is most of the leaked offers are coming from uh, the sellers. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, you know, throughout the NBA history, you will get leaks from um, buyers. Mm -hmm. But when you get leaks from buyers, it is generally them trying to cover their own asses with uh their fan base didn't. or or their owner right mm-hmm. or their governor um we call them now mm-hmm. um to say look you know like we negotiated in good faith this is what we offered it's a good offer um and they didn't take it that's not on me right the problem with that is then you have some of your players that you don't end up trading that are around in rumors and then you kind of have to manage that situation but you are now you are getting and generally you're getting um, the leaks from the sellers, uh, for two reasons. One, it is a seller's market. Again, we talked about it on the show on, on Tuesday, that there aren't, uh, as many sellers as there would be normally because mm-hmm. of the play in game because of the, the flattened lottery odds. So there are going to be just, you know, it's like economics one hundred and one, right? That the supply is not going to be out there. And so those sellers, which are fewer, um, are going to be in control of the market and they will will uh they will leak offers with the like <laughs> we hung up the phone on this basically we're not interested in this to set a floor right to say like this ain't good enough so mm-hmm. everybody else but but it also lets the world know that that player is available generally gms front offices pretty much have a good idea around the league of who's actually available and who isn't Um, but it's these sellers saying, well, this wasn't good enough. So you, but this guy's out there, so you better come with something. Will that be the case two weeks from now when it actually comes down to it? Is it, are they bluffing? In some cases they are, in some cases they're not. Um, there are definitely going to be players that are available, you know, who who knows, right? I, I don't need to mention anybody specifically, but in Sacramento, in Detroit, whatever that are actually available technically. But if they don't get an offer that they want, maybe they won't get moved. Um, yeah. And so I think this is sellers saying, and and especially if you can connect it to the Lakers, because everybody knows what the Lakers can trade at this point, point. and you know that if you include the Lakers in your leak, that will get more eyeballs mm-hmm. and clicks. And GMS are doing this, and it's it like matters. Agents to, do this. With, agents with, are doing this. The agency and, yeah. and writers and you know newsbreakers are doing this. If you include the Lakers it's going to have a little extra juice to it. So if you say oh, this Lakers offer isn't good enough, that's going to theoretically and possibly get some, get some action from everybody else. Plus, you know, if, if the Lakers are interested, there's going to be a a segment of the NBA that maybe will do something just because they don't want the Lakers to get player X. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to cause some activity also, which is the reason for it. And as I said, on our, on Tuesday and on the hook last Friday, When something gets out to the media, the first question is, who does it benefit?
0: Yeah, right. And well, and it benefits all these sellers to go out there and say, well, look at the demand, look at the demand, but like, so it is econ 101, where if there is less supply, there is going to be more demand, uh, of, of these things. Um, and, and the higher the demand, the higher the asking price can go, you know, that's, that's how, that's how the world works. But there is, however, a plateau at times with some of these assets that you are asking too high a demand on. Then all of a sudden, if you set the asking price a little too high, the demand starts, um, you know, subsiding, and and all or of a sudden, you
1: don't, or you just will not come to a deal.
0: Right. Well, and and but like that's if that's, you're bluffing. Right. Well, and. And then, you know, so if you look at some of these situations here, Sacramento is an, is an example of like, you know, I keep on hearing, uh, you know, we don't want to rebuild. We don't want to rebuild. We don't want to rebuild. Sometimes it's not up to you. Like sometimes it's, sometimes it's not even your call. It just turns out that building your franchise around De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton isn't enough. Like that's just not going to be enough. They're two nice players but they aren't gonna be cornerstones of a winning organization. That's not, that's not how the, that's not where the NBA is at. Look,
1: well, Dame, here's the other thing. If that was your backcourt of the future, if you were just decided Fox and Halliburton, this is good enough, this is our backcourt of the future, this is what we're doing, you don't draft Davion Mitchell.
0: Right, that too. We've also seen in Portland, a better combination of guards, CJ and Dame, run up against the ceiling because it's <laughs> it's a sport where size really matters, right? And that's why it's, it, I, I'm kind of laughing now too, because, oh, we're, the, Portland is willing to move on from CJ now that, that Ant is on his way up. I'm like, so you're going to have run up against the same problem? We're doing this again? Did you learn nothing? <laughs> but anyway.
1: I'm staying out of this. <laughs> He's, he, he's had a really good season. I, he I has. That.
0: He has. But they're going to run up to the same problem that they've had in the entirety of the the, the CJ and Dame era. But anyway. completely coincidentally, uh, it is uh, he is a free
1: agent after this season. I'm yeah, sure that they has have nothing to do. You know.
0: They have some decisions to make for sure. Um, and so, like I think, this is the stage of the news cycle that we're at, we're at right now. And, and sometimes, by the way, some of these leaks might be coming from buyers who are frustrated because these teams are asking too much for guys like Eric Gordon, who, like, if you're an older executive in the NBA, and you've been around the sport for long enough, and you have a team that, you know, is maybe an Eric Gordon away from the next tier, whether you're kind of a playoff team and you want to become a bona fide playoff team. If you're kind of a contender, and you, you want to become a bona fide contender and you think Eric Gordon is that player then, and you've been around the league long enough, you would know that like his price right now is inflated because of the circumstances, because of the playing game, because of the lottery odds, because of the, the, uh, increased demand. And what you're going to do next is probably reach out to one of these reporters that you've had a long time relationship with and say, it's ridiculous that they are asking for a first rounder for Eric freaking Gordon, who is having a really good season by the way. And, and our boy stub on on the Tuesday spaces was really into trading for Eric Gordon, if, if you're the Lakers. And I've been talking myself into and out of trading THT for, for Eric Gordon over the last few days, because Gordon would at least be in that closing lineup anyway uh and he's and he is not a
1: he is not a free agent Uh, yeah
0: and 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 he's yeah you have some continuity going into next season which the lakers aren't going to have very much of because of their contract situation so i don't know the reason that the, the reason behind this entire like rant i guess on my part is is like if you're if you're trying to figure out how to read between the lines of where all of this is coming from the two ways to look at this is sellers want that information out there. So that it looks like there is more competition and then buyers want their frustrations out there because they want it known how ridiculous all of these teams are being with assets. Like Williams is a nice enough player on a really workable contract. Uh, but you know, there are some questions about what he can do on the offensive end, uh, Jer- uh Jeremy Grant is a really nice player who slots into a role that he does not want to play, right? (laughs) No comment. And and so uh, there, there are all these players and they're available for a reason. And I'm certain with some of these buyers here, there's some frustration with like, all right, we know that they're, that they're good and that they would help. There's a reason we're interested. However, asking for what you're asking for right now, fine. Few days from now. Okay. As we get closer to the deadline. All right. You guys need to be a little bit. So more here adjusted. I got two analogies for you. I'm, I'm channeling my inner
1: Darius here. I didn't say yes and no, but I'm channeling my <laughs> inner Darius here. So I have two analogies. Yeah. You know what it's kind of, I mean, all of this is human nature, right? Yeah. Um, And the NBA, like any other business, every business on planet earth is a people business. The NBA is that what kind of relationships do you have with the other GMs? What kind of relationships do you have with, um, with agents, what kind of relationships do you have with newsbreakers, et cetera? So my two analogies here, it is like like the deadlines, again, deadlines uh, force action or even inaction, right? But yeah. it, it forces a decision, right? It's, it's kind of like yeah, when it. you're walking around, when you're rocking around the bar, right, at whatever time and girls are talking to guys, guys are talking to girls, guys are talking to guys, girls talking to whatever, right? Mm-hmm um what you decide at like 11 15 <laughs> may be different than what you decide at yeah when the lights come on at two right and it's like time to actually go home yeah um and then the lights come on
0: and you really regret the and then you get to you see, made at
1: uh, how much is that second round pick really worse i don't i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> sorry mom and this one my mom is gonna hate even more uh hi ann my mom listens to the show every week so hi mama i love you um you're not going to love this though but i am fascinated by human nature and i don't go very often anymore but uh i have at times in my in my life i i know this is going to be a great shock to absolutely no one that listens to this um have you know been to the occasional strip club and i am fat, like it's not even like a Uh, enticing sexual experience for me like that part of it like doesn't make any sense to me Mm -hmm. i am i never sit on the stage you go you hang out with your boys but i am fascinated by the human nature aspect of it Mm -hmm. and it is like i I don't think in life we get very many um like very polar opposite agendas that are like so pure right Mm -hmm. the guys are trying to pay the least amount of money to get the most from. Uh, from the dancers. And the dancers are trying to do the least and get the most amount of money out of it. And Mm -hmm. they're like, so purely opposing (laughs) viewpoints and and opposing objectives. It is fascinating to me. And this is what it's like at the at the trade deadline, right? Like, the sellers are trying to give up the least and get the most back and the buyers are trying to get the most with giving up the least. And so it is fascinating. Can these teams decide that a lap dance is actually worth 20 bucks, right? Is there like some place in the middle where they can come together? How much of it is bluffing? How much of it is posturing? And you don't know until that like decision point actually comes where how much of this is bullshit. Probably a lot of it, but we don't know until the trade deadline makes you say, all right, are you really going to make, are you really only going to trade this dude for two firsts? Yeah. Are you really not going to include X, Y, Z,
0: Hmm. You can say that now, but let's find out in two weeks. On this point, literally as you were talking, so I'm, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. You, you started the analogy and then I got a two separate ones. Well, the, the second one, Mm -hmm. you started the the strip club analogy Mm -hmm. and I was with you. And then I looked at my phone and I got a Woj notification about the Kings. Yeah. And so like, I just kinda, I was just kinda like, I, I looked over there for a second, I looked back over here and and uh forgot that you were talking about strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> good. good and then i was like well okay yeah, yeah yeah all right i'm back i'm back i'm back um but like woge is tweeting out right now right the sacramento kings are stepping away from ben simmons uh, negotiations does that mean they are actually
1: maybe probably not yeah, yes maybe, like who knows
0: they have they have instilled a complete and utter stoppage on anything ben simmons in their organization nobody is talking about him at all period that's, from now on yeah right. you know do you know who that tweet is for uh oh yeah i mean it's it's well so i think it's a result of the Harden philly stuff do you know what, who that tweet is for and it's them firing a shot at daryl Morey. it's like hey exactly man, right be more serious exactly right the talks we've had to this point have been unserious that's your favorite word right it is, I don't,
1: I want to know. I said this in the Slack the other day. It is my favorite thing for people to call basketball teams unserious yeah. or organizations unserious or people unserious or football teams. Yeah. The 49ers are unserious. Podcast because hosts. Jimmy Garoppolo is still my fucking quarterback. And yes, I'm wearing my 49ers hat for the fourth week in a row. Let's see if it's still <laughs> lucky. Uh, and this is my weekly reminder, which I will also send out from SoFi on Sunday. Jimmy G ain't it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What is the origin? Please, somebody on Twitter, at Aaron Larsuel, L A R S U E L. Somebody please tell me because nobody knew the answer to this on uh, in our in our in our group Slack. I want to know where we started, when, how, what that meme is. How did we start calling people unserious? Because it's hilarious to me, and I want to know where it comes from.
0: I think it was the King's front office talking to Daryl Morey.
1: <laughs> Vlade though, no, no, so not Vlade.
0: No, no. After after Vlade. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to know where people.
1: unserious as an internet term comes from. <laughs> As a twitter term mostly
0: all right let's uh let's go ahead and, and and segue on over to uh story time and by the way i was this close to telling a story from my bachelor party because you were talking what? about strip clubs
1: i we're i'm bringing back star wars i'm bringing back star wars here let's palpatine do it all right does your wife listen to this
0: well it's not me that got in trouble Oh, won't, all right. I won't Does give whoever. Away.
1: Won't, yeah, can we can we like change the names to protect yeah, the not right. so innocent?
0: Yeah, this is going to be the Sopranos thing. Um, all right. So I'm not going to give away any names or roles in my bachelor party or anything like that. What so I will is your best say man? is, cool. Uh, no, no, it was just you know I meant like like you know friend or family or whatever ties yep, yep, to me. Yep, yep. I'm not going to give any of that information away. So we're at my, uh, my bachelor party and my bachelor party, basically, I wanted to go and hang out by the beach and, and kick it down there. So we got a hotel down there by the beach in Huntington Mm -hmm. and, uh, did like the bar hopping thing in Huntington. And then after this
1: is the, is this the day slash night before your actual wedding?
0: Oh no, I think it was like, uh, I think it was like a week before I wanted to fully recover. Um, so we do the bar hopping thing. And then like, uh, we, we get like midway through that and I was fine with just like kind of hanging there or whatever. But, um, you know, it's a bachelor party and, and there was interest in going to a strip club. So I was like, all right, fine. Let's just go. The problem is like we're in Huntington and the closest like strip club is Santa Ana and Santa Ana strip clubs, you know, not so much, not ideal. It's not a big thing. in know, it's not, it's not Houston it's not portland <laughs> it's not atlanta is all i'm gonna say <laughs> um so we <laughs> is delicious. so we go to this we go to the strip club or whatever we do you know i get pulled up on stage because it's my bachelor party and oh did they
1: take did they take your own belt off and dude i still it?
0: i I, I, lo- I really liked the belt that i was wearing there and yep. i never got it back i'm yep. I'm, I'm, I'm a little yeah, bummed it. about it okay um so so i'm you know we're we're leaving the strip club we're about ready to, to head out and one of the people that were at the strip club with with us um comes out and he's just going on and on and on about like oh my god i love this girl wait she's he fell the, in love with oh, oh yeah no. fell in he love, fell with, in love stripper. with one yeah oh
1: no all right yeah
0: so he he's he's going on and on oh my god i i love this this girl she's the one I was like, dude, you don't even know her first name. Shut up! And and so like we were are cinnamon
1: out. or something that ends in an <laughs> I, right. Dominique or yeah.
0: So we're, we're or something that ends we're in walking an eye. out back then. So I got I got married far enough, you know, long enough ago that we were still cabs. It wasn't even an Uber that we were calling. It was a cab that we were all hopping into. Okay. And as we're hopping into this cab, the stripper runs out, still in her stripper attire. Oh, yeah.
1: Maybe she and, did. Maybe huh? She did. Maybe she did. Maybe she was into him.
0: Well, so we are, uh, this guy turns around and he says, see, I told you. Wait,
1: hold on. Give him a name. It doesn't have to be the real not, name, but no, it doesn't right. have to be his actual name. Just give a name,
0: Give uh, him his stripper name, Bob. Okay. And then, and then the strippers name is Bobby. Okay. Um, I don't know. Bobby Joe. So, okay. so <laughs> <laughs> the strippers in Santa Ana are different than the ones I'm used I'm telling to tell you, man, it was an experience, uh, this, this, uh, strip club. So anyway um this this bobby joe comes running out of the front door not even the back door the front door in all of her stripper attire okay and um all
1: of all of and stripper attire doesn't sound like
0: a stripper attire is generally not oxymoron those, not sure not, yeah yeah well mm-hmm. i meant like stripper like glory is what okay. all yeah, of her yeah, right. stripper glory is, is, right. is and so bob turns around and goes, see i told you she was the one she's coming for me and he like holds out her arm his arms and is ready oh, no. to 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 embrace Bobby Joe. Oh no! Bobby Joe books it right past him. He just—it's oh, no. like he wasn't even seen, and he's oh, like no. crushed. He's oh, crushed. No. Well, so it turns out Bobby Joe was driving a stolen Mercedes Benz. <laughs> 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 oh, this is so good! So the cops had shown up at the strip club looking for Bobby Joe, and they had pinned in. This uh, Mercedes Benz. It was like this big body, mm-hmm. like that tan that goldish seven, color. Seven that they, series, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that. That it was. This, it was a big ass car, and she's like pinned in, and she just says, oh, wait, that's "Screw BMW. it, never mind." Yeah. Right. It's like the the S series. I think yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. big one. And so, um, the the car is completely pinned in. She has no options. She could have gone forward, but it was like the you had that that bump there that is there to stop cars from going Mm -hmm. off into the street so she couldn't do that what she does instead is just revs the engine levels these two cop cars that are right behind her levels them moves them like was went back enough fast enough wow to yeah to hit these and and so like bob yep uh turns to me and he goes you know what man i don't think she was the one. (laughs) <laughs> there was about my follow-up question was about
1: to be did bob have any money left from the strip club to bail her out
0: no so then he, there
1: could have been like some great love story at the end of he this.
0: sees he sees that happen and, and and she's like she's like screaming on her way out the door it's it, she's like because scre- i guess she had stolen her guy's car you know and oh. that was her guy's car that was oh. there and she's like he's an asshole anyway i don't know why you did that and i'm like bob you're welcome you Bob, <laughs> get in the cab. Let's go.
1: Let's See, now go I have to the... tell I have to tell one from my bachelor party. Now I have to tell one. It's but this actually like sort of has a connection to basketball. Yeah. Uh story time is story time has gotten away from us, but whatever. Um, this is way
0: better, I think, than the story time we had lined up anyway.
1: So I got married. Uh I think people know this, but I am currently divorced.
0: Mm-hmm. Happier than I've ever been. That's
1: neither here nor there. I got married in 2010. Um, And so uh, me and a bunch of my buddies are my brother, Marcus, my boy, Marcus, my boy, Reggie, and a bunch of other guys. We are in Vegas. Um, And we go to, I don't know, like Saturday morning or Sunday morning, we go to the pool. I think it was the, and we're like gambling on World Cup games, right? The World Cup was going. Uh, This is in like July of 2010. And uh so we're out at the pool. We wake up. We go out to the pool. We're gambling on games. We're drinking out at the pool, you know, trying to figure out what what our our day is going to look like, our night is going to look like. And it's a it's a, another group of guys that are around, and one of them is in a Rondo jersey, a Celtics Rondo jersey. See, we're tying it back into basketball, and even the Lakers kind of. And he is just like sitting. Uh, with like his feet in the pool and he's got like a little tiny banjo and he's like playing <laughs> strumming on his little banjo or ukulele or something. Uh-huh. But it was like really depressing. Uh huh. And so we we're like making friends with these dudes, you know, we buy them drinks, they buy us drinks. We're having a good time betting on games on, on world cup matches, which is like the height of degeneracy, if that's a word. <laughs> um, and so eventually we start getting worried about this dude. We call him Rondo. He's in the Boston Celtics Rondo jersey, kind of like sadly strumming a little ukulele or banjo or something. And so we pull one of the other guys aside, one of his boys aside, and go, "Is Ron like? What the fuck is wrong with Rondo? Is he okay?" And he's like, mm, "It's not good." I'm like, "Why? What <laughs> what happened to Rondo?" And he goes, yeah, "We went to the strip club last night." I go, "Yeah, of course. Like it's Vegas. Whatever, man. It's the weekend. Like, mm-hmm. cool. What happened?" He goes, he spent uh $3,900 at the strip club last night. And I went, no, the fuck he didn't. No, oh my he God. did not do that. And they're like, yeah, we have the receipt. We'll show you. Oh, my. No. And I go, all right. Well, like, all right. He spent 3900 bucks at the strip club. It's not great. But yeah. like, why does it? Whatever, man. Yeah. Because he, he was really drunk. I go, OK, yeah, he was dr- he was in Vegas at a strip club and spent $3,900. He was drunk. So whatever. So be it. And he goes no he just moved in with his fiance and it's a credit card that they share <laughs> and she gets the bill the bill comes. this was 2010 so like the bill came in the mail <laughs> she gets the bill from the strip
0: club it's like oh no sorry all right um, i have questions I about the know. banjo did he bring the banjo to the trip on the trip i don't know but he was
1: literally sitting at the edge of the pool where were we staying i think we were in planet hollywood we're at planet hollywood i think maybe mgm no maybe it was caesar i don't know it doesn't matter but he is sitting like sitting on the pool with his like swim trunks on and a celtics a green celtics rondo jersey with like his feet dangling in the pool just strumming some little tiny banjo or ukulele i don't really know what the difference is but some little tiny guitar but like very the whole the whole thing seemed very sad and so, is, uh, sad enough that we had to ask what the fuck was going on with Ron? You said,
0: you said this was 2010? This was 2010, yeah. Was it the summer of 2010? July 2010. So, right after the Lakers had just beaten the Celtics too? So, he's sad in a... Oh, yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. And <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't remember, maybe I knew at the time, I don't remember if they were from Boston but he definitely had a Boston Celtics green Boston Celtics Rondo Jersey on. And this was July of 2010.
0: No, I'm just like trying to paint the picture of like everything. I need to know more about this banjo. Like I, we need to bring Rondo on this. I mean, I don't know where you so I can find ask a like
1: find a random banjo like in a Vegas. Hotel. So <laughs> That's why, why ask so any questions? <laughs> I assume he brought it with him. I Did don't he know buy why. a thirty
0: nine hundred dollar banjo? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> he, he, he better, I,
1: he better, you know what? I should see. He at least <laughs> would have gotten something with, out of it. We should probably check in and see. We could send out the Twitter APB and see if uh, how that ended up going. Because I don't, I don't know how it, if they ended if him and his girl ended up getting married or not, or if that ruined everything. <laughs> Or, you know, well, I don't know if people know this, but I don't think I've never used a credit card at a strip club, but I have to imagine they do not like say, you know, whatever, insert strip club name here on the credit card statement, right? I, I think they probably I would guess they don't. Yeah. So, but that's still you still have some explaining to do, <laughs> brother. But I you know what? I need I need to find out the, the end of this story. <laughs> the, the power of the the power of the internet. Somebody make sure somebody check in on on Rondo for All me right. and see if they ended up getting married.
0: If you know a Rajan, a uh, 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 uh. uh, it's a white dude, a little <laughs> white dude in
1: a Rajon Rondo jersey, July of 2010 at whatever pool we were at. I want. I think was playing a Rondo
0: fan who knows the band how to play the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> please hit us up because I need to ask him about his relationship status. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The, the, you know what the best part about this is, it was my bachelor party. He was engaged. I have long since been divorced. I got divorced in 2012, uh-huh. <laughs> or 20 early 2013. I left in 20. But anyway, if his relation, if his marriage lasted off of that, lasted <laughs> is still going, whatever. <laughs> Twelve years later, eleven and a half years later, and mine. Then he's isn't. really
0: fucking good at the banjo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's really good at something.
0: You gotta use your fingers
1: we have there so many questions <laughs> we need answers i'm just glad he was in a rondo jersey so it could still sort of fit
0: into yeah, the scope kind of, of that. this podcast yeah all right <laughs> we gotta get going that's that's two no we you got a strip club analogy and mm-hmm. two strip club stories to send mm-hmm. you off on your weekend so if you were down in the dumps about the lakers uh injury report and and how things might be going here then Aaron and I brought a smile to your face. That's what the hook is it, it exists to do. Until next week, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larsoul. This was the hook. Get your questions in for Tuesday's episode of the mailbag to kick things off and then we'll do the normal Twitter Spaces thing where we uh, where we yell back and forth about whatever it is that we feel like yelling.
1: Five star yeah, five star and questions. Review. And I want people out there. I want your questions to make me have to say Hennessy is delicious on a Tuesday morning or afternoon exactly. or it depends if it depends if Anthony figures out the time Remembers. difference between Texas and California this, this week.
0: <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week.